This is Darren Hunter here and welcome to the BDM Coach podcast show where BDM Coach experts Michael Sands and Dennis Yusuf show you how you can become effective BDMs. Now also for 40 ways to grow your rent roll, we've put together a free book, The PM Lead Secrets. All you've got to do is pay for shipping. Go to pmleadsecrets.com. That's pmleadsecrets.com. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. Before we get into our podcast, just want to do a quick shout out for Inspection Manager. What an amazing inspection app platform that they have. And they're really excited at the moment with their tenant assisted routine inspections, where your tenants in the convenience of their own time frame and in the convenience of their rental property, they can be getting you through the app inspections, um, their own inspection or their own photos that they've done. Now this is going to help you, particularly if you're in lockdown, but what we've also found as businesses have come out of lockdown, um, they've found that perhaps they can do maybe one or even two of these inspections a year, aside from scheduling their normal routine inspections. The next step, really go and have a demo, have a look for yourself and make a decision where this could actually work for you too. So go to inspectionmanager.com, request a demo and check it out. Hi everyone, you've got Dennis Yusuf here and I have got Michael Sands and we have a guest speaker with us today on the BDM Coach Podcast Show. We've got Mr. Darren Hunter himself and today we are going to be speaking about the eight speed humps that stop great BDM growth. Darren, great to have you on board, buddy. Thank you. And, and I think this is a, a good topic um, because, Dennis, we see a lot of BDMs out there and there's a lot of things that are holding them back. And you think if only they could be doing this, this, and this, and this, or this, and this, and this is a problem, yep. um, they could be doing amazing. So we're going to be talking about those Finally, those things that actually slow people and stop people reaching their BDM potential. It's interesting, isn't it, Michael? Like, Michael and I are always, like, um, talking and and when we're training people in our Grow 100s and um, our IGT success programs, and we say, how did it go? And and they give us these excuses of why they haven't done something. And and these are the speed humps that we're going to be overcoming because it's great that we can talk about growth and we can train on it. But there's always things that get in the way. And that's these speed humps are are prime examples of what stops them from growing. Obviously, you know, you've got your circumstantial changes that you can't accommodate for, (laughs) like a pandemic (laughs) or, you know, someone uh, getting sick. But we're talking about the, the, you know, we've got the, the top eight that we believe and what we've seen in our um, lives as coaches and even I mean as a BDM I came up with excuses as well you know we all do right so, is there a fine line though of what we're going to go through mm-hmm. to be calling them excuses ah, these are yeah. also restrictions too that may not be the fault of the BDM but very much the fault of the boss yeah absolutely it's not it's not always the the, the individual right it's, it's it's the stuff that drags people down and I mean, you know, let's start with the first one. You know, um, the first one is, you know, when you're being distracted by managing properties. It's a no-brainer. If you're managing 50 properties, 100 properties, 200 properties, and you're trying to grow or you're being assigned as the BDM, then 
you're going to struggle. But what if it's a small agency that mm-hmm. really wants to go through growth mm-hmm. and it's a legitimate excuse for someone to say, I've got 100 properties on a portfolio or 80 properties on a portfolio. I really want to do growth, but I can't do both. Right? Is that a legitimate roadblock for someone? And in that case, who should be responsible for growth? Should the owner of the business be doing the growth? Or should the owner of the business be stepping in to do the property management so that person can focus on growth? I think it's the, the first option, right? The, the owner of the business should be focusing on growth as well. You know, a lot of the tasks that, that um, are part of the growth of a, a BDM is tasks for a business to do. You know, a BDM should be out there prospecting for sure. However, the business owner should be assisting in setting up an information night. You know, that's stuff that you work together um, collectively, you know, so that, and they should also be involved in, in networking as well. You know, there's, they've got their own network meetings that they should be doing on behalf of the company. You know, so, so I come to you and you're my boss and I say, hey, Dennis, like, you know, we spoke about me doing BDM work. And I love it. And I'm so excited. I've been talking to the owners and everything. But, you know, when I talk to the owners, they just start talking to me about maintenance and issues with the property and tenants. And I'm, I'm trying to talk to them about, hey, have you got any other properties? I'm, I'm, I'm drowning here. You know, I don't like doing property management. I want to be doing growth. Help me. Yeah, well, that, I mean, firstly, by the sounds that if they're making these calls and all of these issues are coming up, there's other things that need to be fixed first before they focus on it, right? So, but but the, the good sign is, in all of that, Michael, you're telling me you've got an enthusiastic worker that wants to focus on growth. That's, that's one of the things that we covered in one of our other podcasts that we've got, um, you know, that, that ticks the boxes of having the right skill set. You know, happy to get on the phone and um, and um, and they've got that enthusiasm. So obviously, no matter what anyone's going to do, if they're going to start focusing on growth, you've got to align the boxes. You've got to tick the the the, the I's and uh, sorry, cross the T's and dot the I's as well. So what if I know we'll discuss it? And, I, and I, sorry, I almost cut Darren off then. Um, what if the you as my boss said, okay? Fine, Michael, I'm going to, I'll take care of the, the property management side of things and you focus on growth. So the investment has been made or they bring on somebody else, you know, admin to help and, and, it, and it bombs and it burns the business owner from saying, oh, I can't do that again. I can't hire another growth person because it just didn't work. Mm. I think well, we're going to... But we're going to cover that in some of the other factors. We're going to cover them all. Yeah, we're going to cover that in some of the factors because that, you know, how many times have we seen a business owner going, let's hire a BDM, we want to get into the growth and they just hire the wrong person, <laughs> you know? And I'm only asking these questions because I know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that are going to be giving those excuses. Mm. I want them to know that it's not be all and end all. So I guess what we're going to cover now um listen (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean managing properties you know if you are managing properties at the same time it's going to pull you away from doing the the prospecting it's going to take that time away you know we often see oh you know i'll be able to focus two days a week on on growth that's great you've got two days you know darren we we see this um all the time Uh, you know someone's going to focus two days on growth but that's three and a half days if they're working half day Saturday they're missing out on so that's actually pulling them that's distracting them 
from the growth. So that's why that this is uh, an example of being that first point of that's a, a speed hump is managing properties. Let me just jump in here because, and also for our listeners, um, go to our last episode, which is episode 17, where we talk about 10 um, different ingredients and skills that are essential for employing the right person as a BDM. So we actually go down, these are all the ingredients mm-hmm. you've got to look for if you're considering a property manager for the role or you're interviewing someone, go to that because it's really good stuff. But I want to say that typically property management and managing property takes an enormous amount of brain energy and focus. And if we've got two focuses now, you might think, oh, well, we'll just put 50% on BDM and 50% on managing properties and we'll do it. No, it's not like that. It's going to, managing property is going to take up 90% of their ability to think because it is property management with chasing late rents and doing inspections and dealing with leasing and tenant inquiry um, just swamps all of our yeah. thinking and consumes it. And it requires a person to do property management well has to be doing property management full-time and focused on that. Otherwise, things are going to drop. Things are going to get missed. So this is where typically you've got a BDM thrown into the role. They're doing, they're managing properties and they're doing BDM. Usually the BDM is simply just going to suffer. And it's not going to happen. And I really have to put it out there too. If bosses, now I get it, Michael's situation with a small agency, I understand that. But a lot of the time where property managers Um, are managing property, the boss has also thought, well, um, they don't believe in the value of a BDM. They don't believe in the investment that's necessary to grow the rent roll for the future return because it's not an immediate return. It's a future return of fee income Mm. and asset growth. They don't believe in that. So they still subconsciously think the BDM has to be on the tools earning income and they lose sight of what the BDM is. And so the value from the boss really needs to understand the value. I just invite people, if you want to see the value of what a real BDM can really do, just get in touch with Dennis and Michael. Yeah, it's a really good point that you're bringing up um, around that. And the, you know, obviously the skill set of a property manager and the BDM are two different things. I mean, 90% of your, your brain cells die being a property manager, like you're saying, that thought process. 10% 10% is not enough to focus on growth. Mm. You know, it just be, honestly, the BDM work will mm. probably get shelved um, because those 50 properties or 60 properties or whatever will turn into full time very quickly. It fills yeah. empty space so well. <laughs> I, I'd love to share an example of how, you know, similar to what Michael was saying, you know, it's a, it's a smaller agency. Well, here's a success story, and it could be an, a, a great example of how other agencies could do this. So um, I started training Shoshana when she had um, 100 properties. I think it was about 110 properties. And I, I rang the boss and I said, look, she she can't do the performance, the, the, the task that I require her to do, because she's being bogged down doing property management. And he agreed to take 30 properties away from her. He took 30 away and I filled that 30 that time, right? And once, and I said, look, once, once we get it up to 80, right? So once we get 10 more, I want you to take another 30 away. So that, and that's how we slowly reduced her numbers. And when she got down to 50, I said, when she gets to 60, we're going to take um, 40 away. 
and because they they were starting to see the results she was being able to put the training in place and then eventually when she had zero she was listing over 20 properties a month from two to three Oh, and there were properties where they were earning several thousand dollars, three to four, five thousand dollars a year each in fee revenue. They were high rent properties. So the value was there. I think that's a great example there, Dennis, of you know, the value of the position. Yeah, spot on. So this, the second speed hump, you know, that we often see is when people are performing other roles. You know, so you might be the department head that's in charge of. Um, bringing in the new business, or it could be, you know, the the, the department head, similar to the the um, senior property manager, or it could be a leasing agent that's uh, bringing on the new business as well. You know, uh, because if you're doing, again, it's it's a mix. It's similar to managing properties, but you're doing other tasks. You, you're being bogged down. You're being pulled away from being a BDM. Dennis, I recall one BDM you were working with who was a star BDM that was also a leasing manager. <laughs> and I just, I'm not, I'm not a BDM, right? I'm, I'm the property manager guy. And yep. I was frustrated thinking if only they dropped that leasing, they would be at it. She would double her numbers, but they still just didn't get it. So we're, we're talking about Sarah Sankara, right? Sarah listed 270 properties, uh, right? And she was a leasing agent as well. Now she she listed more properties in her um, the, the the current twelve months that's just gone compared to the one before, um, because she used to have to do leasing and shared applications amongst all the other vacant properties. But they did start to cut it back that she only had to lease her own properties that she was listing, you know. And then it got cut back to they took some of the applications away. And then her each time they did a cutback her numbers were increasing, which was great, but still being bogged down. I only can imagine the numbers she would have been doing if she was out there doing the networking, being able to run information nights, but, you know, amazing she would have been doing 30 to 40 a month yeah. um, if, if she was able to just be do the role. But I just think even amazing her being a leasing officer, the amazing numbers that she still did was just awe-inspiring. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was also another thing, part of a leasing, you know, was going to the property every time photos were taken. And we all know how much time that takes up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, a, a great speed hump, mm. you know. Um, now, I mean... We've done a whole podcast on the next. We did. The, the, we did. The next so everyone up. go to episode 17, which is the 10 essential skills and ingredients that makes a great BDM. But I think quickly, Dennis, one of the biggest mistakes I see out there is you get a call or Michael gets a call from a boss saying, hey, look, um, I'm looking at moving the property manager into the BDM role or the property manager's burnt out um, and is asked to be a BDM. And I know that there is a small amount of people out there that are property managers that make an amazing BDM. Shoshana was one. I know another lady that was, was excellent as well. But typically we see when that property manager type person that doesn't fit the 10 essential skills and ingredients, again, go to episode 17 of the BDM Coach podcast show, they don't fit that. What typically happens is that they're not salespeople. Mm. They're not hunters. They're shepherds. They sit around waiting for leads to get dropped onto their lap from salespeople. And they're not out there proactively generating leads. They're reactively waiting for them to be spoon-fed. 
And then when they do get these leads, they don't know how to compete for the business properly using points of difference because they're lacking points of difference, lacking sales skills. They simply go to the all-encompassing, well-used point of difference, the, the default of discounting. And, yeah, yeah. and I just, I don't know, Dennis, what do you see out there? Well, I mean, you know, the speed hump of not being fit for the, you know, for the job or, or the position you know, you're, you're right. It's certainly some, you know, property managers can make a, a great BDM. I mean, Michael's a perfect example of that. He was an all-in-one. <laughs> he managed properties and and did the BDM work, you know. Um, Try not to complicate the process, though. And I think so many places are complicating the process and there's that mindset of someone that's trying to move from PM to BDM that it's got to be a certain way, you know. I need clear airspace. I need a fresh runway so I can launch but the reality is in a small business there's handover there's grace period there's all these things that tie the person back again excuses mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then that's going to come back down to the boss the person in charge to free up the resource yeah so the person can do it and I think just to, I think touching on what you guys have been saying if you can allow the person the opportunity to do growth don't put a, 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 hand, a handbrake on them from doing it don't give the person an excuse why they can't succeed like dennis if you said to me michael yep you can now do bdm it's all yours own it you know this is this is your structure and everything but i still need you to be helping out darren with the property management i know because he's going to take over some of your properties i still need you to be on call because you know everything about that portfolio and all the owners so you can do the growth but just make sure you're always in contact with Darren. And can you do the applications as well? Yeah, because, you know, you've seen the people, the tenants, that can you do that as well, just helping Darren. And Darren's like, Michael, one Smith Street, um, you know, the owners that only want to deal with you um, there, like, what do you want me to do? Mm. I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. Send me the number and I'll do it. Yeah, you you fall back into that comfort zone, right? You know, And then then you get burnout because you're doing all these roles and how many BDMs do we see leaving a company when they're transitioned because they're not getting that opportunity in the company that they love mm. and they go to a company that says I just want you to do BDM and they're torn they're leaving the company they love and going to another company and they're kicking goals yeah absolutely so I mean being not fit you know the right fit for the job this speed hump Darren uh, I mean uh, I'm fairly certain that you've done um, sessions and you've got a quote on you know, being a property manager, you've got the same um, seven personality traits of a police officer or something, you know, which is completely, and I'll let you explain it, right, but it's completely different from a salesperson. You know, the, the, the police officers like the shepherd, we've got to have the authority, et cetera, et cetera, but you are like a shepherd in guiding and, and keeping people in check. That's not a salesperson. let's just dispel the myth really quickly Mm. guys we work in real estate and a lot of real estate agencies do sales as well as property management the bdm person if they're really good at bdm means that they'll be a good salesperson also can i just state it doesn't mean that bdm role is second place to sales it's just as important don't Mm. just think oh well hang on we'll graduate you to sales now my goodness me what does that say about your value towards property management it, it, there's so much that can be earned for the business with, with, with asset growth, with fee growth, all of those sort of things with a good BDM. Why do you suddenly want to go, oh, we'll drop them into sales now? You know, it, um, yeah. 
Yeah, look, the, the, the BDM is the salesperson for property management. And you're right, they are not secondary. It's, the, it's a great segue, leasing agent, BDM to sales. That's a great segue for someone that's really serious and, and wanting to get into sales. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's that career improvement, which yeah. is really good for you. So you know, if, I, if I can just say, before we go on to the next speed hump, mm-hmm. is that for bosses, if you're, you know what a good real estate salesperson looks like and you go, hey, you think they'll be good for sales? Well, that's a BDM. It, let's just dispel the myth. If, yeah. if you feel that they would be good for real estate sales, then they're good for BDM. But if you're with a property manager and you're thinking, I'll make them to a BDM, but hell no, I'd never put them into sales. Well, that tells you they're not a right fit for a BDM. And I'm and in that bosses, I'm sick of training amazing BDMs and them going into sales and being really successful. <laughs> I mean, Jessie Hall comes to mind. I mean, what a great BDM she was, and now she's crushing it in sales. You know, I, I, I had a conversation with her a few months back, and she's going, "I'm glad you you pushed me to do those videos and <laughs> take selfies out the front of." Uh, police signs you know because it's it's what she's doing in sales and doing really well with it too you know so um yeah look it's it's typically you know a a really good example of the difference between sales and property management is a car lot a car yard you've got your salesperson that's out the front that knows the differences between the different vehicles and the points of differences of of one company to another and they they know how to you know, be personable, they've got the sales skills, the negotiation skills, et cetera. And, and you know, all of those skills that we spoke about in the, um, the last podcast. And then it gets, you know, for someone to look after the vehicle, once it's sold, it's the mechanic, the person that knows the nuts and bolts of the vehicle. When something goes wrong, they know how to fix it. A salesperson will look at the motor and just, well, it's a 3.6 fuel injected, blah, blah, blah. But the mechanic knows what to do the mechanic yeah. knows you know and they know how to negotiate too property managers are very good negotiators let's not you know what they have to negotiate the rent to come in they've got to negotiate no you can't have 16 dogs four cats and three birds no you can't have you know um, parties every night etc so that they, they are very skilled but it, the key is that 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 nuts and bolts of the vehicle should we say so let, let's move on to the next speed up because I know the looking at the rest here, this is very much you and you and Michael. The performing relief duties, how many times have we seen a BDMs getting traction? You give them a call, hey, going, oh, sorry, the property manager's on sick leave. I've had to jump in, or the property manager went on annual leave. I'm now filling in. Suddenly all their momentum's gone out of that. You know, their pipeline of all those things is now it, it's just they've lost so much momentum. The, the, the rug has been pulled out from under them. Um, yep. And again, it is a reflection of possibly the boss with a lack of value around the BDM position and what, it, what it's for, what it stands for and what it can do. And because they feel, well, the BDM really is a, um, a top heavy expense to the business overlooking the investment. Now, look, if they're poorly performing, fair enough. But if they're performing well, why stop the momentum? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, you know, uh, personally, Darren, if, you know, our leasing agent had too many people that was um, at a viewing, you know, I would have to go and help. 
you know, uh, sometimes the girls would be doing too many ingoing or condition reports for a property and they would scream at me, stop listing properties, you need to come and help me, you know, because I've got four people to move in today, you know, and it does, it, it, it takes you away. It was good for me to feel their pain and I'd go on them and keep updated on what was going on because I'd be then selling that to the owner. So it, it kept me in check, but it did take me away from... Um, you know, when you're doing those relief duties. A lot of the time, it's sometimes if the BDM's not performing well, right, which is going to go into the next speed hump, they will naturally go back, oh, I will help. <laughs> and they're happy to put their hand up. Yeah, I'll do those applications for you. Or, yeah, you know, so it's not always the boss, you know, um, it's sometimes the actual BDM. And then you've got to go back to the last um, speed hump that we brought up um, and are they the right fit for the job as well so you know so these do entwine together so um, you know the relief duties yeah you've really got to you've got to be careful if, it, if, if it's yeah. the right move fair enough but you've got to understand that if they've got momentum you're going to kill it yeah 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 now the, the the next speed hump is not having the right incentives now firstly let me just say if you had good incentives in place for your BDM to go out there and list properties, they're not going to fall into those other tasks. They're not going to. They're going to say, "No, I'm not doing leasing. I'm doing growth." You know, because that's and, where the money is. Yeah, yeah. A lot of salespeople are driven by money. Good BDMs, they also are as well. Now, let me just say, please check your lo your legislation on incentives and your country and your states and all of that. Um, you know, on any incentives that you've got in place. Um, you know, we have got um, some another podcast on on incentives and bonus structures as well um, that you can go back and have a listen to. Um, but, you know, if you don't have the right incentives in place, you know, there's no motivational drive. One of the, an example incentive I see, Darren and Michael, is a particular number has to be met. Let's say it's 10. They've got at least 10 properties and then they'll get their bonus for the month. I see in agencies that we go around to, they hit the 10 and they're always around that 10, 12. Then they might go nine, then they go 13 and then they're on 10. A lot of the time, the BDMs, they hit that 10 mark, right? And then they just build up their leads, getting in, preparing it for the next month, you know? So having good incentives so they want to keep achieving more and more and more, I don't recommend having a number. I recommend having lots of numbers. And, and, you know, it might scale it up. The more you list, the more bonuses you get. You know, so, you know, have a look at those incentives. Uh, the package going to jump in here. Episode 13 in the BDM Coach podcast show. Uh, Michael and Dennis have done a whole show on um, incentives, how to pay BDM. So make sure you go and have a good listen to that. Yeah, I mean... You, you know, we also see incentives for, you know, for property managers in listing properties, you know, um, as well. And a boss might say, yeah, but my PMs, they're paid in incentive. But a PM being paid incentives, great. It's fantastic. However, it's still creating a lot of work for them. So they don't have that motivation or that urgency to want to grow, you know. So that's where a BDM with the right incentives, they're going to be hungry. They're going to be motivated. They're going to have that urgency to, to, um, to keep working as long as they don't have to do the ingoings and the, all of the other tasks around it that'll bog them down, 
you know. So that's why the, the, these speed humps, they really segue um, well together. No, that, that's cool. So I'm um, moving on to the next speed hump here, lack of accountability and coaching. Now, again, I'm not uh, the, the BDM experts and growth experts like, you know, both you and uh, Dennis and Michael are. But I remember so many times you're sitting with teams and they're just lacking growth. They're doing all the wrong things, but they just are not knowing what to do. Now, Dennis, you signed up 945 doors in four years in a small country town of only... Nine, 925. 925 doors. Don't, don't oversell me now, Darren. In four years <laughs> in a small country town of a population of 23,000. That is amazing. And yet there would have been people, not even BDMs, that would be doing one or two or three of growth a month in the same town. And the difference is strategy and accountability. But how much different, Dennis, does accountability and coaching change the gameplay? Oh, massively. You know, one of the things that we often hear people say is they, they feel like I'm on their shoulder as their coach. I'm in a house and they're going, okay, Dennis is tapping me on the shoulder saying, ask for the business, ask for the business. Or, okay, you know, I've got to do my follow-ups. You know, that's that accountability that keeps it in place. You know, The angel or the devil? Well, I mean, I think between the two of us, we do mix it up. Sometimes you're the devil and I'm the angel. <laughs> I think just by, give, by providing people with some structure, then, then that's part of, their, part of their process so they can start to understand that if you do these things, and we, we clearly see the difference between those that have structure. And they, For example, we have that 100-point um, checklist, more than 100 points a day. But mm -hmm. it's, I liken it to when I was in hospitality. And when you're in hospitality... There's never nothing for you to do. Like even if everything is polished and, you know, there's no clients in, in the restaurant and there's, it looks like there's nothing to do, there is always something to be doing. Preparing for the next day, the day after that, seeing what bookings you got in advance, calling up previous um, clients, seeing if they want to come back to the restaurant. Same with property management and growth. There's always something that they can be doing. And I guess when they're lacking that accountability, lacking that structure, at minimum, if you don't engage... Um, you know, someone like Inspired Growth Training to help coach your business development. The business owner needs to have minimum standards for the BDM to be achieving every day, every week, every month, right? It's unfair if you say, great, Dennis, you're now the BDM. I want you to go and pick up new growth. Um, you might be enthusiastic. You might have the right attitude, but where do I start? Yeah. What do I do? Well, just call people, you know, go to the yellow pages or white pages and call people. But often... If there's no coaching or no accountability, people are blind. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start. And it's that, it's that um, scattergun approach, which doesn't work because you're trying to recruit every single person out there, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, guys, what, what, what great athlete has there ever been that's achieved amazing things, whether it's tennis or out on the field, the track, whatever, what athlete has ever achieved greatness that didn't have a coach and simply went out and didn't and just went under their own motivation, their own steam without accountability. Whether it, it just doesn't exist, mm. you can't get amazing results. Yet people go, Well, I'm not, I can't afford a coach, but a coach is going to get you three, four, five, ten times better results than you do it on your own. You're really you're actually losing money. You got to get invest in a coach to get those amazing results. Now, if you aren't getting amazing results, well, don't, of course, but you need a coach. And I've seen with you guys. We've seen people that have come up through the coaching that I know that they would not have achieved. Like 
Mel and Pat in, in New Zealand, they wouldn't have got on the phone and called their 450 clients and found 220 doors. Yep. Since then, they've signed up probably about 50 now. They would, that would not have occurred. Those 50 properties would not have occurred if it wasn't for your coaching and accountability. It's an interesting one, Darren, because everyone knows that they've got owners with multiple properties, but nothing's getting done about it. Or they may just do a simple call and ring them and say, oh, you know, you've got another property. I want to manage it, which isn't the right approach, you know, and that, that's where that training comes in place and then that accountability as well. And often, you know, um, example with our grow clients, we went, you know, we're three quarters of the way through one of the courses, but we went back to the beginning because we knew they weren't doing the stuff. So we went straight back to the KPIs and said, guys, you've got to complete this form. Mm -hmm. You know, that happens. And that's what that accountability um, is good as well. And it's interesting because, um, you know, two or three of the BDMs have messaged me saying, oh, wow, like um, I, can, I, I can sense that my numbers are picking up again. My, my traction and, you know, um, it works. That Like you said, the best sports people in the world have got multiple coaches. You know, where, I see, where, I, see, where I see failure around that accountability and coaching and so on, and we've seen it before where someone started off and they, haven't, they don't know what to do and they get coaching um, or they get accountability and all of a sudden they start flying. They get these ideas and they're bringing in new business and then they say, hey, guys, I'm good. I don't need coaching anymore. I don't need the accountability. I know what I'm doing. And then you've got a pipeline. All of a sudden, the pipeline dries up. How often, like, you know, do we get calls from people saying, hey, I've, I've, I've hit the wall. I'm in a lull. I don't know what I should be doing at the moment, um, you know, without quiffing back, of course. <laughs> you know, it's um, people need that accountability. You just can't do these things without that push, that consistent push, you know, that next, it's like at the gym, at my gym, every kilo extra, it could be 100 kilos I'm trying to lift. But at 101, 102 kilos, I need help. Yeah. I need someone to say, Michael, you've got this. You can do this. Staring at me in the eye, making me think, oh, I have to do this. Mm. I can't mm. take failure. Yeah. And we need coaches too. I mean, we've got a coach, Shiny. She does amazing. And I honestly, you know, I know that we haven't been out, we wouldn't be able to achieve the results that we've got now as a business. It wasn't for Shiny on our backs, driving us, showing us what the next step's going to be, keeping us focused on that, not allowing us to get you know, distracted. And Dennis, what about the, um, the investor support services? What an amazing strategy of where you've, you worked out how to connect with property investors in the market before they bought a rental property. So by connecting with them, forming that relationship, by the time they actually buy, you've got the business. And yep. the, 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 the sales agent that sold it is now you know, referring the business over to their property management department, but it's too late. You've already got the business as one of their competitors. And that strategy there, you coach Julie Collins on it. She's now doing 10 to 12 a month on that strategy. We've got Amy Robinson from Toowoomba that learned from and coached, coached on you guys with that. She's doing, you know, 10 plus a month just on that strategy. Um, you can't achieve this stuff without a coach. By the way, everyone, if you want to learn about the investor support services, just go to grow100strategy.com. Dennis goes through. We just go through how that strategy works. Um, very simple. It's actually a strategy that's hidden in plain sight. But grow100strategy.com, 
um, to, to learn that. But guys, if you want to be serious about BDM and growth, you've got to have a coach to show you how to get amazing results quickly, or you're going to get lackluster results over a long period of time. Yeah. And, and Darren, this segues into, you know, the, the seventh speed hump, which is not working the right strategies and KPIs. You know, Michael touched on it before where the boss says, you know, call the yellow pages, call the white pages. I mean, I haven't heard white and yellow pages mentioned in a long time, but it, it's the truth. It's so old fashioned, right? Um, you know, we we put in place uh, with our coaching clients a, um, a lead form that they've got to complete. So we would need to know where their leads have been coming from. It also helps us ascertain what they're converting as well. You know, so the, the you know, knowing the right strategy so you can you know can guide them in the right direction you know um one thing I, I did a post on my social media today on instagram about newsletters you know the newsletters um i don't know how many property managers don't have a newsletter you know that that's a kpi most, having a newsletter. most businesses don't have a newsletter or any type of in, in content or information going out that's useful to their prospect yeah, a door knocking, letterbox drops. You know, sales agents are doing this because it works. Multi-million dollar companies are doing this because it works. You know, Bunnings, Chemist Warehouse, Woolies, Coles, you know, they are doing letterbox drops because it works. It's top of mind. You know, you should be showcasing. They're just a couple of examples of KPIs. There's bigger KPIs. You mentioned Mel and Pat calling current clients. You know, that's a KPI. Strategic alliance, sales agents, investor support services, these are all KPIs. And if sometimes, you know, the, the um, BDMs, they'll focus on the shiny things to do. They think, you know, um, but it's the hardworking ones and, and the consistency that gets the results, right? And that's having the coach, you know, that accountability in place with the KPIs that guide you around it. You know, um, we we got to plug your book, Dennis, because yep. I was with the team yesterday uh, in Adelaide. Went out for a cup of coffee. Always up for a, a, a free cup of coffee, and uh, uh, and they were puzzled or confused about, hey, what I should what should I be doing? I gave them your book. Did uh, you sign PM it for me? The PM Lead Secrets. <laughs> no, I didn't uh, forge your signature. But the PMLeadSecrets.com. The book is free. Just pay shipping. Um, but Dennis, 40 plus ways, different strategies, techniques, um, endless ways to generate property management, consistent quality leads. Why wouldn't you want to know what strategies work for you right now, like you've got in that book? Yeah, look, and there's more than 40 ways to, to grow a rent roll. They're just 40 that we've covered. You know, uh, and, and they all, as you do one of the strategies, you, you know, you put them all into place. It creates other um, strategies that you learn and, and you can um, flow in together. But, you know, the book, it's a great book. It was, um, you know, um, close to my heart. And I look forward to writing the next one <laughs> as yeah, well. We'll but, be working on next six months or so. We'll be working on uh, on um, winning the business secrets. And that's all about what to do as soon as the phone rings. So, um, I'm really excited about that one. There's so much to share in that. And that will yeah. be, be authored by all three of us. So There is. Uh, yep, absolutely. And yeah. I'm really excited about that. And uh, obviously, we've got your book, 
Darren, you know, well, the, the latest about one. To go to print, about to go to print, the pmvscriptssecrets.com. That's every fee objection that you'll ever face. Um, and how to win the business without discounting, because Dennis, discounting is a scourge in our industry. Um, and this book is all about how to win your fees without discounting, no matter how aggressive your rivals are and how low they want to go. You don't need to play that race to the bottom. So as you have, as everyone can see, I'm a very good promoter and it is a good book because I wrote it, pmthscriptssecrets.com. But let, let's move on, um, Dennis. We've got this uh, this last strategy, not strategy, speed hump, which is it's a killer. You know, how, how can a BDM be in confident and enthusiastic if they... Uh, are not confident in the quality of the property management team that's working behind them. We so had you're saying, you're sorry, Michael, you go. So we, we had this as, as, as an excuse probably in the last 12 months from a, um, from a property manager where there was a large team, a number of uh, BDMs, and they were saying their numbers were down because they didn't have faith in the work that the PM team were doing. For example, they weren't doing inspections to the same level that the inspection reports, the same level that the BDM is doing them. Um, they weren't confident that the team were calling owners back. Um, you know, there was a whole range of excuses and their numbers were suffering mm. from it. Mm. I, I think their numbers were suffering from, um, they were embarrassed to, to do the new business. I think if they kind of split their mind and kind of said, no, I'm here to bring on new business, um, they would have done exceptionally well. But that's a problem that is a definite problem um, where the PM department and the BDMs aren't, aren't really talking and communicating and the business owners need to be made aware that this is a reason and then dissecting that as an issue. There's no excuse why a BDM shouldn't be bringing in business right? Like they sh they're there to sell. They need to be bringing in, but there needs to be active communication within the whole department and the whole team saying, this is the feedback that I've got. It was just because the BDM is particular and thinks that the level of work the PMs are doing aren't at the same level as what the BDM would be doing. That's just, a, that's just perfectionism, mm. right? Like that's perfectionism and that's a problem in itself. Um, we, you know, we see this as a problem and no doubt there's mediums out there that think that they're, they can do the job a lot better, but I think stay in your lane. If you're a BDM, you're there to sell. Be, you know, communicate openly with the, with the boss, with the team. This is the feedback. This is the issues that I'm getting. It's making me hard to um, speak confidently about your abilities. We need to work on this. I'll still keep selling, but what are we going to do? Yeah, a good, great point because if, the BDM is out, you know, um, doing a presentation at the person's house and they're not selling from their heart, that that comes out. You know, the, the owners, the, the investors, they can sense, hang on a minute, I don't feel like this person's freely selling our services here. It's like, Darren, you know, you love Baileys. You love Baileys. Everyone, if you ever see Darren at the bar, buy him a Baileys. Well, if they, yeah. they want to take me out and get some advice, bring a bottle of Baileys and I'll take that as my payment. <laughs> you, you I've done that before and it works really well. Loose <laughs> lips sink ships just because. <laughs> you know, Darren likes his Baileys, but if you were to ask Darren to sell tequila, you know, he's going to walk into the house and tell someone why they should buy tequila. He's going to struggle. But if you tell him to go to, to sell Baileys, 
that freeness, did you hear him pop in? He cut me off and he was all excited and a big grin on his face if you're watching this on video. You know, it's easy to sell something that you have full faith in. You know, uh, it, it, you know, it's it's the same as chocolate, food, pizza. You get me talking about food, and I'll, I'll, you know, and Michael especially talking about different cuts of meats. He will sell it, you know. But if you what ask, about my? I I really believe in you guys and how good you are as coaches, and you know that's obviously the fuel that helps me write all those email marketing that I do, yep. um, and and push you guys um, and push IGT because I absolutely believe that we've got the best rent roll growth coaching on the planet. Period. Thank you, Darren. <laughs> I do. I, I actually believe that. I believe that to be true. I don't see yeah. as, you know, you guys second to anyone else. Um, you are very good. We are very good at fees and growth and all that. So we do have that self-belief that comes through with confidence and enthusiasm because we know our stuff. And, and a BDM has to have the same thing, not use it as an excuse, but they really, you know, you've got to have good culture within the office. You've got to, you know, and, and the BDM, um, you know, as a BDM myself, I used to be, you know, I used to be in charge of the culture of integrity real estate. I used to, um, you know, go buy copies for the team if they need to create competitions and, you know, et cetera, and, and, and keep the joy. I had a box. I had a blue box, a sandwich box. I had chocolates in it. <laughs> I had the goodies chalk. You could, you could, you know, call anyone. Uh, you know, there, there was a photo on my timeline the other day. I was making a cup of tea for Leah. She actually messaged me today saying, oh, I came up in my timeline. You were making me a cup of tea. Mate, if I needed her to perform and just making a cup of tea was going to help relieve her, that was easier for me to sell her when she's happy. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's really important to have those right systems in place so your team is happy, so they're performing better, and then your BDM can be out there selling the services of the PM department with no speed hump. Let, let's wrap this up. So we've covered eight speed humps that restrict great BDM growth results. All right, is that you know, as long as you've got the right person doing the right things, they're going to do amazing things. These are the eight things that can slow that position and results down. And just as a bit of a wrap up, um, some of the things we referred to, of course, go to episode 17, which is the 10 uh, essential ingredients and skills that makes a good BDM. So what does the right person look like? We've also got episode 13 where Michael and Dennis, you go through the different pay structures and incentives that, that to, to incentivize a BDM. Really good episode there. We talked about the PM Lead Secrets book. So go to pmleadsecrets.com. Got my new book about to be released on, it's probably the most detailed book ever written on fee objections and also 34 uh, fees and fee packages charged over. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, United States. Just go to pmbscriptssecrets.com. Both those books are free, just pay for shipping. And finally, Dennis, that amazing strategy, investor support services, and how to dominate in your market, how to have your rivals throw rocks at you upset because now you're taking the lion's share of new business. Just go to the grow100strategy.com and we go through how that works um, and how it can work for you as well. So, Good episode, guys. Um, well done. Uh, I think the BDM Coach podcast show is be very becoming that toolbox um, for people and, and how to get the right person growing the rent roll. 
Yeah, I want to I want to round out. Let's cover the the things that we've gone over in, in closing it out. And remember, they all segue through to each other. The, 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 there's a you know, imagine if you had a property manager that was doing all of these things and trying to grow. That's why you're only going to be growing one or two properties. You know, Darren, I, you know, you've you've got marketing out there going, and I'm in all of these interviews with people, um, seeing if they qualify for our coaching, and they're all having all of these problems and that's you know a big area of um where we've got it so you know they're being distracted by managing properties performing other roles not right fit for the job not a right fit for the job you know performing relief roles relief positions within the business not on the right incentive package a lack of accountability and coaching not working the right strategies and kpis the BDM not happy with the PM, bad service, bad culture, whatever it is. All of those speed ups, when you read them out in one go, it's quite daunting. <laughs> you know, no wonder a lot of businesses aren't growing if they don't have a specific BDM 100% focused on growth. Yeah, well done. Well Everyone done. out there, if your business isn't on fire, give us a call. Yeah, absolutely. Get in touch with the get in touch with us. Go to inspiredgrowthtraining.com. Just go to contact us, and our team will plug you in very quickly with uh, with Dennis. If you want to talk about growth, we talk about fees. I'll plug you in with me. So uh, great podcast, guys. Well done, and um, thanks everyone. And we'll see you in the next show. Yeah, Darren, thanks for being a guest. You you took over the show and it was great. You're just so passionate about the industry. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a prime example of the forward of the book that I've written for you. You are so passionate for people to do really well and you've got so much care. Um, and these speed humps is what stops amazing performance for better of the industry. So thanks for being on board with us. No worries. Okay, take care, everyone.